This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. <laughs> no, no, no. The thing is, I come from humble beginnings. I, I did Maharaja Lawa as well. I did Maharaja Lawa 2016. Right? Uh, just shut up. Okay. Uh, don't cheer. No claps, which is good. Right? I, I understand. I, it's something I'm trying to forget as well. <laughs> Right. No, I was look. Listen, I was th- I was kicked out in the third week, third week. Yes, uh, and it, it completely. Uh, I understand it, but a lot of people come up to me and say, "Hey, Kevin, don't be sad. Third week, at least it wasn't the first week." <laughs> and I keep telling them, first two weeks, no elimination. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> We move on. But no, the thing is, I, it's no longer a secret. I can tell you guys now, I just signed a new contract with Netflix. Yeah. That's right. I pay them 51 ringgit a month now. <laughs> I get to watch myself in HD. Which is, very, which is very nice. Four screens, four screens. I'm selling two. Whoever want to buy it, no money. <laughs> Good afternoon, this is Front Row on The Bigger Picture and I'm Sharmila Ganesan. As we all know, live performances have really struggled in the last few months due to the COVID-19 pandemic and the movement control order. And as of now, of course, they're still not being allowed. So all manners, all manner of performers are reassessing how to do well, how to do what they do. Uh, so among these are, of course, stand-up comedians who rely heavily on live shows. And joining me today, uh, the voice that you heard opening up today's segment to tell us how he's been handling uh, these past few months is Malaysian comedian and self-professed grumpy person, Kavin Jay. How are you doing, Kavin? I'm all right. Uh, not as grumpy as uh uh, I I claim to be apparently. <laughs> One would have thought that the last uh, few months would have made it worse, not better. Oh no! I mean, you know, it's 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 a difficult time. Don't get me wrong, mm. but uh, you know, I mean, uh, being upset about it is not going to help anything, is it? That's true. Um, I mean, that's actually what I wanted to start with. Anyway, how have the past uh, few months been for you? Well, uh, to be honest, uh, I mean, it's it's very difficult because as as a stand-up comedian, my my you know, my, my passion is to be on stage live performances with aud- live audiences. And over the past three months, actually, it's going to be for the next year, probably, uh, where, you know, live performances are going to be uh, non-existent, if anything. So it, it, it's going to be a very, very difficult. Like, for me, it's kind of like a, like an addiction. Like, I want to go on stage. I want, I, I have withdrawal syndromes, uh, symptoms. And I want to go on stage and I want to perform to live audiences, but I can't. So, you know, basically what I've been doing is some, you know, online stuff and, mm. you know, creating videos. It's it's not the same. It's, 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 it's a, you know, it, it, it fills a hole, but you don't feel full. You understand? Yeah. Uh, and that is something I actually wanted to talk about a bit later. All these different things that you've been doing in place of that live performance. Um, but, you know, really post-2018 and your, your Netflix special, you, you touring, performing really has been a big part of what you do. Um, I wanted to know what your initial plans for 2020 were. What did you think it was going to be? And well, obviously they've changed a lot. Yes, they have changed a lot. Uh, I mean, funny you should ask because I it, basically what was going to happen was I was I already had a tour of Europe planned out, 
Uh, in fact, I already bought my tickets and everything. We were supposed to go in May. Uh, I had, you know, uh, you know, a few gigs lined up in uh, the UK as well. I thought I was staying there for maybe a month or so and see, you know, what I can do there as well. Uh, and there was a tour, a Malaysian tour that was supposed to happen in August. Uh, yeah, so so many things that I had planned, but all you know, everything had to be put on hold now. Mm. And so, what was that process for you in terms of okay, now all of these things that were supposed to be are probably not going to happen? Um, did you need some kind of adjusting, retuning to figure out what you wanted to do? To be honest, I'm still adjusting. I'm still retuning. I, uh, you know, the thing is, at this moment, we don't know what's going to what 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 we can do, what we cannot do uh, in the near future at least, you know. So basically, everything is pretty much just on hold until we kind of get a grip on what we can and cannot do in the coming months. So basically now, uh, it's basically, you, you can't do anything anyway. So it's basically put on hold until, uh, at least until the borders open up and, you know, I can travel again. And, mm. You know, live performances can happen again. But for now, it's just, it, I mean, when doors close, doors open as well. So, you know, I get to travel now, do international uh, gigs without actually traveling, right? So I, yeah. mostly online gigs. Most uh, comedy clubs in the world, they have an online show, which I can easily join. And, you know, and with my uh, uh, profile, they, they would be happy to have me. So speaking of um, these online, you know, various online things that you've been doing, uh, and you've actually been quite busy. Like uh, you've you've done uh, you've done you started a podcast with uh, Kiran Baladevan. I think that was going on even before the pandemic and the MCO. Yeah, the Macha Men. Yes, yes, the Macha Men was happening way before that. Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, we started in 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is our second year already, and we. I mean, we've been doing that, but it, the. The way it worked, like you know, we only we only could do a monthly show because, uh, you know, both our schedules never uh, coincided. But now, even though we have uh, a lot of time, but it, you know, it takes time for us to kind of create the material to go on. Mm. So that then you have um, with another comedian with Papi Zach, you did the Papi and Grumpy show, which is a daily Facebook live stream, right? Yes, it's a daily Facebook live stream. Well, we. Uh, we ended the show uh, as, you know, uh, 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 MCO ended as well. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, just before I, we ended the show because, you know, not many people are staying at home now and it was a 4, 4 p.m. show. So we thought, you know, let's, uh, it's okay, la, you all go back to work first <laughs> and then <laughs> we'll see what happens. But no, Puppy and Grumpy show, we, I mean, Zach and I have... Um, you know, we we worked on radio together. We've we've done duo shows on stage together, and we thought, you know, something. This is something we wanted to do because also to quell our thirst of live performances, and also the fact that you know, it, we we can we, we can go crazy if we don't you know talk to someone or do something that we wanted to do. Mm. So um, I really want to pick up on what you just said, this idea of live performance. Um, but we'll get to that later. The thing that I found really interesting, actually, was that you also launched your own um, IGTV series on uh, cooking um, yes. called Grumpy's Cooking to Get Laid. <laughs> yes. um, and that is something that you're doing on your own, yeah? Yes, that's something I, do, I, I was just doing. Lots uh, of us are I, cooking I, more during this time anyway. 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I and I love cooking. Like I I have always cooked at home. Uh, my wife is a career woman, so I am usually at home cooking. So you know, one day I just decided to hand her the camera and say. Uh, film me cooking and i did and then i just put some uh, silly captions on it and yeah that became a series as well is that uh, ongoing and is it going to go on for a while it, it'll go on as 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 and when i you know can la you know because it's hard for me to film and cook at the same time mm-hmm. but uh you know as much as i can because my wife has obviously gone back to work now and uh, i mean you know as as much as i can i will i will create more content Mm-hmm. And finally, of course, the big thing which you've actually just released—you um, have become the first Southeast Asian comedian to release a digital comedy album, uh, and that's called "Let's Get Ready to Grumble." Um, how did the idea for this come about? Well, it was one of those things where I wanted to release something. I want—I wanted to still entertain my fans, and since this uh, tour, well. Where I was supposed to go to, uh, you know, world tour, Malaysia tour, with this material. So I thought to myself, like, so there's no point holding it back now. Uh, just release it. I don't know. To be honest, uh, there was there was a lot of platforms that I thought I could release it on, uh, but then I just decided, you know what, audio albums are not, uh, you know, it's it, it's not been done here in Malaysia. So I thought at least you know that would be something different, and also the fact that. Uh, I could do the the sound production everything myself. Mm. So I had the recordings. I I I I cleaned it up. I did the the, the audio profiles and everything. And then I, I I toyed with the fact that you know should I release it on on YouTube? Should I re- uh, release it for free as a Facebook thing or you know just this thing? But then I thought to myself like why 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 do that? So I thought. You know, put it on Spotify. At least more, it'll get more reach, and more people can listen to it for free as well. Mm. So, to be clear, it's actually recordings of a live show um, that you did, but it's presented as album tracks. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's a it's a recording of a live show that I did. Actually, it's a combination of about three live shows mm-hmm. uh, that I did. So basically, two of those live shows were consecutive uh, shows of the same material and one more when I did the big show at PGLA so I had all those materials so I could just put it together but it's yeah it's it, it, it's like individual tracks it's like buying an album really so why did you think that um why did you think an audio album would be what would be the way to go i mean usually with with if if it's a live show um you know a video is what we would expect right yeah i mean no the thing is you see, I realized one thing when I was on Spotify, I usually listen to comedy albums as well. And there's a lot of comedy albums out on Spotify. And it's very entertaining because when you're driving, you can't really watch a video. You you kind of have to uh, think. So if you want to watch like a video, you kind of have to be, you know, set, sit down in front of the TV or computer and turn it on. Like with audio albums, the the effect is the same. As in the fact that you still hear the joke, you still understand the joke, you still you still get it, and in your mind you you kind of make the the expressions as we go along. Uh, and the thing is, it, it's like when I was in radio, one thing they taught me was theater of the mind, right? Mm-hmm. And how and how you when you listen to radio and you listen to people talk on radio, what happens is you kind of let your imagination run wild with the descriptions that are going on with the 
this thing. And, and for some strange reason, I feel like when I listen to an audio album, I tend to imagine the situation a lot more and then it gets funnier because, you know, I instantly relate to it because it's more my own imagination. So, yeah, in that sense that, you know, one of the, uh, my, my one of my favorite comedians, Rod Gilbert, uh, I, I always listen to his albums on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And yeah, in the same vein, like I imagine the, the situations that he get into and I thought, yeah, that that would be a great uh, way for people to to enjoy comedy. You know, while while you're driving to work, uh, when you need some background stuff because you're doing something menial, yeah, you know, it's something. It's it's, it's you're using one sense instead of both. No, you're absolutely right. Um, I I when I was listening to the to the bit that you did about uh, well, I'm not going to give it away, but drinking what you thought was a bottle of Sprite. Um, You know, I immediately knew what that was like because something very similar happened to me when I was a child. Um, And I could just imagine that scene in my head, which I think if I had been watching you perform, the experience would have been a little different. Yeah, of course, because then you would see me kind of, you know, uh, describe and, and, you know, kind of mime the actions for you. But in, if you just listen to it, you kind of make that, that, that mime yourself, you kind of in your imagination, uh, imagine an eight-year-old child, you know, finding about what he thought was a bottle of Sprite. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, on that note, we do need to take a quick break. Um, but when we come back, I'm really interested to explore this idea of um, the liveness versus, um, you know, digital space recordings and so on. Uh, so I'm speaking with comedian Kevin Jay about his efforts to keep uh, comedy going during these rather somber times. So we'll be back after a short break. You're listening to Front Row on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Front Row on The Bigger Picture and I'm Sharmila Ganesan. With me today, I have Malaysian comedian Kevin Jay. Um, so Kevin, before the break, um, you talked about the idea and the concept behind the um, your digital comedy album, which is Let's Get Ready to Grumble, which is available on Spotify and iTunes, right? Yes, yes. It's available in every good place. <laughs> um, so... Actually, you know, we've been circling this point quite a bit in the first half, um, but now I'm just going to dive right into it. Um, Liveness is something that is actually really important to stand-up comedy. Having an audience, um, having that interaction, even watching. How much has this changed now that everything you do is from your own space? You're not really seeing who you're presenting to. Yeah, you and you don't hear the laughter. Yeah, it's it's very different. It's 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 almost you know, watered down to be to be fair, if I can say that. But you see, the thing is, stand-up comedians thrive on instant gratification. Basically, when you tell a joke, you get a laugh or you don't get a laugh, either or. Uh, then you know, you know where you can go with that material or you can, you know, just kind of drop it and move somewhere else. So it, it's always, you know, you, you're trying to ride the wave of the audience. But with with, you know, basically online, you don't get that instant gratification. In fact, you don't know what is happening. And when you tell a joke, in fact, just imagine this, right? Uh, stand-up comedians, we when we tell jokes, it's not jokes that is brand new. Like it's, we didn't just think of it that moment. Mm. We clearly have, you know, practiced that that material before. We we know the joke. We know the joke inside and out. We have polished it for years, right? Now, if I'm retelling that joke, for me, it is not something that I 
you know, I enjoy listening at least. You know, mm. it, it's one of those things where it, it, it's, it's, it's almost muscle memory, it's, right? It's almost muscle memory. Yeah. Yes. But now I'm not, I, I can't perform it to myself because I already know the joke. Like I can't, it, it's very difficult for me. But what we thrive on was the audience reaction to what the, what the joke was, mm. right? Like immediately when, when we, when we, when we, when we say something that is emotionally jarring, you know, people gasp and, you know, you, you kind of feed onto that. And when people laugh, you feed onto that as well. But now there's nothing. There's just, you, you're performing to empty silence. Yes. Once in a while you get a chat pop up and say, Hey, good, you know, that's a great joke. Ha ha ha. But as you know, life, uh, it's always 10 seconds delay. Mm. So you you only getting that gratification ten seconds later. So you already <laughs> moved on to your next joke. The thing is, comedians feel like they don't get that reaction. They feel like they are dying or they feel like they are not doing well. Mm. So basically, they, they they tend to you know speed up their material, just trying to rip that bandaid so that you know this experience just just moves along. Mm. But yeah, that's that's the difference, right? You know, the thing is, some 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 people have tried to you know, make it a little bit better, like, you know, going on Zoom calls and unmuting their mic so that they can laugh and stuff like that. But it's still not the same. Like, you know, it's still, there's something missing. There's, the soul is gone. Mm. I suppose that's why your um, your shows like, well, not the shows, but your projects like The Macha Man with Kiran or The Puppy and Grumpy Show, at least there's someone else to play off of, Yeah. Yes, yes. That's exactly why, you know, a duo, it's easier to play off someone. It's easier to understand that gratification that we get from someone else, uh, it, which is why, like, on radio as well, like, I always had a partner on radio because I needed someone to kind of bounce off. Mm. But are there, are you finding that there are now um, opportunities or, or avenues that you'd never thought about that exist in the digital space that you capitalize on? Yeah, I mean, you know, the the fact that I was I was touching on it earlier, like, you know, uh, international clubs, I can just, uh, you know, jump on their their live stream and you know perform around the world. I've I've been on two twenty uh, four hour laughathons uh, mm. across the world. Uh, one was based in Australia, one the other one was based in uh, the US, and you know, it, it's it's a lot of fun finding new audiences, people finding you as well. And uh, how they react to the jokes that you tell. Uh, they say it, it's it's it, it was one of those things where you know, as I said, doors close but doors open as well. So I know now, like I've made so much more contacts that when the doors do open again, and they will, uh, I I know I have those contacts to kind of you know perform in those places that I never thought I would. Mm. But um, of course, the one thing that I have been hearing with a lot of, um, I suppose, arts makers is now that you're competing on a digital platform, you are essentially competing with the whole world, right? You're competing and not just with people from your own genre, your own expertise, but essentially you're competing with content. So um, does that change the way you think about what you're putting out? You know, is there more of a pressure to... Um, do better work to put out work that will appeal to people. How does how has that process changed? Of course, I mean you know the the competition has as as uh, you know went up a level. So you kind of have to go up a level as well, and you know constantly put material uh, or you know uh, 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 content out there so that people can see. The thing is, like for me, I feel like 
you know you don't kind you don't have to change your content just do what you do i think you know if people want to find you they will find you mm. but you know the thing is that you kind of have to you know be consistent and you know keep doing and you can't just you know or just do one and then oh you know hope it gets viral uh, you can't do that you kind of have to continue giving them you know uh, giving content over and over again and the thing is all it's all hard work that's the thing mm. you see like before the mco you could have just taken it easy do live shows you'd be fine but now it's like every day you kind of have to think like okay what am i going to do tomorrow mm. are you finding or have you found a way to make this financially sustainable because that is the key right i mean everybody can put up free things online but at the end of the day it has to be something that um sustains the artist otherwise it's it just becomes a hobby yeah i mean yes and no i mean it is there is some finance as in the fact that you you we do get one or two corporate gigs uh to entertain you know the staff as they work from home and stuff like that but uh we've all taken a hit we've we've taken a massive hit on uh, financially uh, i know comedians who basically you know couldn't pay rent uh this month or last month because you know there's no income coming in mm. and you know i'm i'm very lucky because my wife actually has still has a job and uh you know and she's kind of taking care of i'm 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 her sh- she's my sugar mommy now <laughs> and <laughs> which is nice i i never thought i i needed one <laughs> yeah so at the end of the day it's it, it, we we've all taken a hit i mean that's without doubt and that's the, the how do you rise from this i honestly if you ask me how i don't know we we we're still working on on the you know the how we're going to how we're going to survive this right you know you talked earlier a little bit about the quality of the content right about working hard about um yeah. uh, one of the things that you re- you talked about fairly recently on puppy and grumpy and it got quite a bit of attention um was basically this this segment where you called out the quality of comedy content that's being put out locally in terms of um in terms of just not doing the best that we can i suppose do you want to elaborate a little bit on what these issues were that you brought up no it was just a uh uh my my frustrations of you know as as a content creator and uh, with the n- local networks and stuff like that it was it was just a it, it was a frustration that if we had new ideas it was never entertained because uh, the 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 point is that where are we going to put it and who are we going to sell it to and you know at the end of the day we all networks keep doing is just going back to the old ideas of you know just doing just giving them the same stuff so that you know you feed you feed the sheep basically you f- you keep feeding the sheep and they will follow you wherever they go but he, i mean the the ship has been sinking mm. and uh, you know the 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 quality of the media that has been put out so far as you can see i mean a lot of uh, people like okay all my friends none of them you know watch mass media anymore because mm. of the fact that they They, they don't they don't have anything that appeals to them anymore so when you say when you say networks you're essentially talking about not so much the digital space or or the streaming networks but you're talking about local mass media networks yes mm. i'm talking about local mass media networks i mean think about this yeah the the online media and stuff like that they're giving you new ideas that's why people are moving online and nobody watches tv at home anymore because what can i watch that 
you know, it's going to appeal to me anyway. It's, it's going to be reruns. It's going to be the same same stuff that you've been going over and over and over again, especially, you know, with the comedy competition that I was talking about because they keep doing the comedy competition because it makes them money. Mm. What do you think the... What do you think the problem or the challenges are in this sense? Is it, is it just a, a lack of vision? Is it not knowing um, who, which talents to reach out to? I mean, what do you think some of the possible solutions are? I, okay, the, as far as solutions go, I mean, I'm willing to start the conversation, but I don't think that I, am, I only can come up with a solution. I think solution needs to come up with by, the, by a discussion with the mass media and everybody else in the... Uh, in 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 the game but the thing is my my issue is that i think that the people who are running the shows the people who are doing it is just basically and i understand this they are a company and i get it it's all for profit and it's basically how to get the maximum amount of profits in the minimum amount of time and basically and i get it they're a business i know i know they want they they have to do that but the thing is they they tend to neglect the responsibility of showing new media of of introducing new and local uh, talent that needs to be you know uh, uh, shown to the new new audiences so because if you don't do that then the new talents and the new uh, artists will never get a chance to show what they have on TV because let's face it like like for instance uh, if you keep doing the same old same old stuff then the the, the new producers, the new directors, the new showrunners who are coming up with new ideas have nowhere to put their uh, their art. Like, for instance, if I were to write something that, you know, it's a new idea, it's, it's a different idea, where can I put it? Who can I sell it to? Because none of the mass media is going gonna, is gonna to buy it. The only, the only way I can do it is put it on YouTube and if I get a following, then maybe the mass media will come and say, hey, can we buy that? Mm. But then, you know, at the end of the day, how much... The, the initial uh, uh, capital that we have to put in to, to create that, that thing, why would I want now, why would I want to sell it to you? Because I can do this on my own. Right. Do you think that now with this, um, this new normal, this new way of looking at things, um, again, the opportunities that you talked about online, globally, do you think there's an opportunity now to change this? Yes, there is an opportunity to change this. It's a very big opportunity. In fact, uh, what I'm going to tell you is uh, something I, I I haven't told anyone. But the fact that you know the the people that I I targeted my rant to mm-hmm. got very angry, and they got very angry at me because I called them out. And because of that, I've been blacklisted and I've been fired from you know jobs with them and stuff like that, which is. Which for me only pro- serves to prove that I'm right and I'm and I was correct in what I was saying because they couldn't take the uh, the criticisms coming towards them, and they could have easily turned it to okay fine if you're saying that we could have listened to you and we could have done something new, but what they did was they just buckled down and and kind of just held their ground basically and said you know this is what we do and this is how we do it and you have no right telling us that we should change. And the thing is, until that mentality changes, I don't think there could be, uh, there could be anything that can be done because the, the people who run those businesses are basically uh, 100% pro, for profit. And basically, they're not going to do something that, uh, that even has 
a little bit of a gamble or mm. a little bit of a investment that they want they they, they kind of it's a risk obviously it's a risk because obviously if you give new ideas uh risks you're taking a risk because at the end of the day you don't know how the people are going to accept it you don't know you know you might you might lose a lot of money but i mean look at netflix that's what they do they take risks and uh, you know some of the risk pays uh, pays out some of the risks don't and basically taking the right risk and doing the right calculations and doing the right risk management they they do make money somehow mm. so yeah i mean you know until the mentality changes in the people who run those businesses i don't think that i mean i don't think anything can be done hmm so speaking of trying new things um and maybe moving on to slightly happier topics your comedy album right yes. um why don't you tell us a little bit about what we'll be hearing on that um what are the different themes or topics that you'll be addressing Okay so on my album basically I will be it's 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 a comedy album you'll be hearing some jokes that I they've written uh it's brand new from from Netflix if you've seen me on Netflix it's it's a brand new album anyway mm-hmm. uh it's one of those things where it's all those silly things that I that I get annoyed about everything uh apparently i i get annoyed about everything i mean it is, it is called let's get ready to grumble <laughs> yes exactly so i i i get angry at the it is the m- most minute thing in the world i i don't know why <laughs> so i just take out that 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 anger on 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 jokes and basically you you'll hear me complaining about my diet you'll hear me complaining about my wife you'll hear me complaining about shah alam <laughs> at one point i don't know why Um so what I found interesting though is that uh it, it is from a live show but you've now cut it and it, it it's presented as you know short tracks so 4 minutes 5 minutes of of each bit so to speak right um yes. now in terms of a flow or or choosing these bits was it very challenging to convert what is essentially a cohesive larger experience into things that can be consumed you know separately Yes, it was. It was a bit challenging because you know when you when you perform comedy, you kind of and because this is recorded from three shows, so it's basically you know uh, you had to go from one uh, one performance to another performances and the 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 segues and everything had to make sense. Uh, and it was difficult at first, but then I thought to myself like, look, uh, I'm making tracks as well, so each track can be listened to on its own. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to listen to the previous track to kind of make uh, sense of the second track, right? so that that is what i also i tried to do with this thing and it was it was i was very lucky because uh i didn't do a, a, an overarching theme for this show i just did a you know kind of punchy mm. uh, bits that other than grumbling la other than grumbling la yes. that's the overarching <laughs> this thing but you know there was no overarching story like you could you could listen to track track 4 and get exactly what was happening you didn't you didn't need to listen to track Three, two, or one before that. Mm. So that brings me to actually a question that I that immediately came to mind when I when I knew that I was going to be talking to you, which is the idea of comedy itself. I mean these these last few months they've really been unprecedented for all of us. Um, everyone's in this sort of challenging emotional mental state for whatever reason. Has the idea of comedy? what people find funny how to entertain people has that changed yes i i think it's changed drastically i think the perception of live performances live comedy and everything has changed as well in the sense that look i mean 
say what you will. I mean, at the end of the day, as much as we like to think ourselves as, uh, you know, need needed or you know important, mm. we are not. We 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 provide entertainment. Yes, we provide almost a luxury to people. And the thing is, like you know, like at this pre- unprecedented time, a lot of people are losing their the livelihood. A lot of people are losing their homes. A lot of people are losing, you know, not being able to afford to eat and stuff like that. But, you know, then as comedians, we're thinking like, oh, let's do a show and people pay 50 ringgit to come and watch a show, which is, I mean, again, it's a luxury. So, you know, perception is that maybe we're not as essential as we think we are. Nobody is, mm. right? I mean, the the true essentials are obviously the healthcare workers and the people in the front line and stuff like that. But we like to think of ourselves as essential as well. We like to think of art as very essential. But then, you know, the perception kind of changes because everything everything gets turned upside down. And you think to yourself like, okay, now would you pay rent or would you buy a ticket to go watch a comedy show? Like, you know, the, mm. the, those choices are are getting more real now. Right. So how do you be funny at times like this? Well, the thing is, comedy is a mirror to society. So basically, you know, comedy comes from tragedy. And trust me, right now, there's a lot of tragedy to make comedy about. <laughs> so and the, the fact that the, our government is really helping. So it's fine. <laughs> well, thank you, Kevin, so much. Um, and thank you for trying at least to keep us entertained. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I've been speaking with comedian Kevin Jay and we've been talking about the various things he's been doing lately in place of being able to perform live. Um, He has just launched his live stand-up comedy album, which um, is called Let's Get Ready to Grumble, available on Spotify and iTunes. And you can also check out Kevin's various social media platforms for updates on the many things that he's doing and anything that he has coming up. If you've missed any part of this interview or any previous front row segments, you can download the podcast podcasts on bfm.my, on our BFM app or on Spotify. I will leave you now with a little taste of uh, what you can get from his comedy album. You've been listening to Front Row on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. No, but that, that's the end of my hate. I'm not going to the gym anymore. That, right? Now, but my wife, my wife, I know she wants me to be healthy, right? She wants me to be healthy. And I get it. She wants me to live longer and everything. Right? I don't, but you know... <laughs> She was so she puts me on a diet now, right? She puts me on a diet called the keto diet. You know, you know, yeah, keto. You know the keto diet, right? Yes, the keto diet. So I don't have to explain it to y'all, but let me tell you guys. Let me tell you, right? I've been on the keto diet for three months now, and I've already lost the will to live. <laughs> and what the hell is a keto diet? I don't, I don't understand. The first rule of keto diet: you cannot eat rice. You cannot eat rice as a Malaysian Indian. You know how embarrassing that is. Uh. Then I cannot eat rice. You know, I can't, tell, I can't tell my parents I don't eat rice. My grandmother will disown me. All right, I can't tell. How do I start this conversation? It's easier for me to come out as gay. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.